0: This episode of Profiles in Risk is sponsored by IAPath. IAPath, unlocking your adjusting superpowers. Go to IAPath.com.
1: This is Profiles in Risk. Hosted by Nick Lamparelli.
2: Every week, we interview those who risk life, limb, fortunes, career, and reputation, and those who work behind the scenes, who look to protect and enlighten us about risk. You can find the show notes and other insurance-related content at insnerds.com. That's I-N-S-N-E-R-D-S dot
1: Now, on to the show.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Profiles in Risk. I'm your host, Nick Lamparelli. I'm pleased to have a co host today, Tony Kanyes. Thank you for joining and lending a hand.
1: Excited to when I can.
0: Okay. We're pleased to have a special guest today. I'm pleased to introduce John Pritchard Jr. John is the president of Ollie Insurance Services. Ollie helps small insurance agencies grow by providing market access, sales support, back office support, and technology solutions to help improve efficiency. As well as initiate revenue streams outside of their core competencies. John is also a 23 year veteran and executive at Heffernan Insurance Brokers, based out of California. John, welcome. And I know you're from California because I'm looking at all of the pictures on the back of your wall and it's looks like all 49er stuff. Uh, I'm a big 49er fan, <laughs> big sports fan. That's fantastic. Jimmy G is going to take good care of you guys. You guys got him for so. a steal. Yeah, we I, hope so. I, I'm bummed out that uh, Belichick got rid of him, but that, that'll <laughs> be that'll be good for you, uh, John. Welcome. Thank you for taking time out of your day. I wanted to start off. Um, by the way, I love the name Ollie. I, I have a child coming. We we're thinking of naming him Oliver because I think Ollie's such a cute word. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, it 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 registers with me. But in your own words, could you describe Ollie Insurance Services?
2: Sure. Yeah, Ollie. Uh is a It's a solution that we have put together to help small agencies do what they struggle with, really. Our goal is to help agencies do what they do better and do things that they have been, been unable to do to date. So to a certain extent, we've taken all the resources and infrastructure and tools capabilities, market intelligence and market access at Heffernan Insurance Brokers, which is one of the largest independent brokerage firms in the country, and we've packaged it all up and are making it available, making a lot of those tools and resources available to small agencies so that they can do things that they otherwise weren't able to do.
0: So what did you see in the market? You know, you've been in exe- you've been in insurance for quite some time and executive as well. So there must have been some kind of clamoring or issue, some kind of repeatable uh, problem that you saw that you said, huh, I I think we need to develop a solution. There's something underserved over there. What were you seeing? What were you hearing?
2: Well, we work with uh, you know, as a retail broker, as a, a large independent broker, we are actually quite diversified, and we've developed a variety of affiliated companies or started companies and programs that we have taken to other brokers. We've figured out to do how to do things really well, and then we've brought them to other other brokers and made them available to other brokers um, to to help them do better as well. So, along over the years, seeing this and working with a variety of different agencies across the country, we saw that. The smaller local agencies, who are still very relevant out there, struggle in a lot of areas. You know, one of the core areas is market access, and market access, in and of itself, for agencies is not that ha- not, not necessarily that hard to find, because there's plenty of aggregators and networks and access points that they can partner with. But what we found is, in most cases, there's quite a few strings attached with that access, and there's also not a lot of service and support that goes along with it. And it sort of stops at market access, but local agencies tend to need, or I should say, local agencies have a lot of other struggles and challenges that they need help with. And there's not a lot of outlet for those. There's not a lot of resources for those. So we saw a big opportunity to bring market access to them without those strings attached by providing them with a whole host of other resources that can help them succeed and grow.
0: Yeah, could could you just briefly go into some of, some of those other support services? Because you know, in my intro, I mentioned sales support, but you also mentioned back office technological solutions. I, it just seems part of it is that you know agencies have very limited resources. So yeah, they want market, they want access to markets, but it sounds like from what Ollie's doing, they need access to a whole bunch of other things as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's correct. We, we, and we bring those things in sort of a menu fashion, right? Our What we call affiliates are what we call our local agencies. And we bring technology in the form of agency management system, that we bring a turnkey agency management system to small agencies. We bring a proprietary technology platform that gives them market intelligence by product and by Class of business. We bring comparative rating solutions for the uh, personal line segment. We bring some real time customer facing capabilities. We bring a whole host of technology that is out there and that agencies see, but they don't have necessarily the bandwidth to engage with it. So we bring it in, in quite a turnkey fashion. In addition to that, we bring a variety of risk management resources that we have developed over the years that they can choose on a case-by-case basis to use when they have a particular client that needs those. And then we also bring one of the most important things and and one of the biggest needs out there is actual back office support, hands-on support. May it be account management support, new business fulfillment and sales support, a virtual assistant, real people to help them do what they're trying to do. So many of these, so many local agencies are the, the principle is the, is the everything, right? They do everything themselves. Maybe they have one or two people helping them with their book of business, with their agency's book, but they tend to be the jack of all traits and they're doing everything. They have their hands in everything and they can't do what they do best, which is sell and relationship manage, right? Own those relationships and develop those relationships. So we help them be able to focus more on that. And we take a lot of the load of the back office off their their hands.
0: At Insurance Nerds, we get questions all the time from younger folks coming into the business, wanting to, you know, in their mind thinking, it would be great if I could have my own agency. It sounds as though with all of the back office and technology support, that Ollie could also support an independent agent, meaning like a single person. 100%, 100%, you know, where you're taking care of pretty much everything in the back office. That that's a huge, uh, that's leaps and bounds better than anything that they could probably get if they had to patch work it themselves.
2: That's right. So that's a great point, and that is a big area or or kind of segment of the market that we are serving and aim to serve. So we have many affiliates who have come out of maybe a brokerage firm that's been acquired and they were a smaller producer in that agency and they just aren't a fit for that larger agency now. Or they were a part of a captive carrier, a captive agency, and they wanted to go independent. So we have a we have an entire what we call agency in a box solution that helps them get set up from day one. And we can walk them through all the logistics and infrastructure and and things they need to do to start an agency and then in a turnkey fashion, provide them with their agency management system, their market access, their CRM, their market intelligence, and the, their back office service and support.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, Tony,
1: go ahead. So, so what part is left for them to do? Is it really just bringing the customers?
2: You know, it's, it's up to them, right? They can do as much of, of everything I just described as they want or not. So some really want to just focus on the customer relationships And the sales Mm -hmm. and they want to have most want to have someone that they can rely on supporting them without having to actually deal with the hassles of payroll, staffing, management, you know. Uh, all those distractions. So we can give them a dedicated staff that they will, you know, that they, they have dedicated teams that they can rely on and do purely sales themselves. Some of our affiliates though, they want to do the servicing themselves. Many have kind of a key set of customers that they want to do everything on. They, they don't want anyone meddling with their, their key customers, but they have uh, other sets of customers that really don't need too much attention. They kind of they kind of renew and they they hang in there on themselves and we will just support them on those, but they don't need a whole lot of attention. So we can do a very we're very nimble and we're able to really customize our service levels to their needs. Some of our affiliates don't want any of our back office service. They just want all the other resources. But to your point, for those individuals coming out of an agency or coming out of a captive or wanting to start their own agency, we can help them along the way. And kind of fill in as they grow and help them along the way, so that they don't have to put a whole bunch of investment in up front and then catch up to it. They can go, and we can backfill along
1: the way. Let's say that I wanted to open a, an agency next month. You know, I want to be a, a, a lone wolf. All I want to do is you know bring in new customers. I want to outsource as much of it as as I can. So you know, I'm going to get somewhere between twelve and fifteen percent commission. Am uh, I paying you like? 13 of that 15 to, to take it, to, to take care of all the other details or how how, how how does the pricing work, kind of in general terms?
2: That's it's a great question and it's a tough one to answer because it it it, it depends on how you're engaging. Okay. There, we have three core ways that an agency engages with us when it comes to revenue share. And that's how we that's how we engage is on revenue share. So we don't have a subscription fee. We don't have a monthly membership fee or anything like that. We work on a revenue share arrangement and there are three core kind of verticals. One is what we call direct access, where we give that individual or that agency direct access to certain markets and they're working directly with their underwriters. They have online access. They, they can submit. They, they work directly with that carrier on the deals, on the submissions, on the accounts. And we are giving them access. Okay. They can also use, they also have access to the agency management system. There is a fee for that. It's just a normal user license, not marked up, but with direct access, the majority of the revenue stays with the agency. Okay. That's one type of access. The second type of access is what we call wholesale access. And that simply means that they're accessing accounts or they're accessing markets through us. They're not going directly to them. So they have a submission. They need to get to a particular market. They don't have direct access. So they submit it through us that is called wholesale. So that's a little bit different revenue share. We take a little bit more of the revenue on that one because we're doing more. The other level of access is what we call fully outsourced. And that's where they actually don't do anything. They push the lead to us or the account to us. We sell it and service it. So for some of our agencies, their core competency is personal lines. They're doing personal lines all day long. They don't, they're not real comfortable with commercial but they have opportunities in commercial. They just push those to us. We we fulfill them on their behalf. We service them on, on their behalf. And they're still their accounts, but we just do everything on them. So those are the, and, the, and in those, the majority of the revenue goes to us. They get a, a small share of the revenue. So those are the three ways that you can access Oli. And those are, there's that's the spectrum of revenue share. I didn't get into the exact numbers, but it's some, somewhere around 80, 20 on in the agency's favor on one end and 80 in, 20 in our favor on the other end, and in between in the middle. Now, when you get into the service, there's a couple different ways you can engage with us on service. There's an hourly option where you can operate hourly, there is also a revenue share option. So, if you want us to handle an entire book of business, then we would take a larger share of the revenue and it depends on the the makeup of the book on exactly what that split is but it could be 50 50 it could be 60 forty depends on it if we're doing all the servicing so I know that's a broad mix answer yeah. and not real specific but it is rather it, it's a case- by-case basis that we really nail down we, we nail down the numbers
0: no that I think that makes sense I think you in cases where someone just wants to sell and they don't want to do anything else there's there's got to be a price for that so. Uh, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. From a technological standpoint, from the virtual assistants to the other technology, it, it seems as though there's a opportunity for a 24-7 service in one form or another. And we'll get right back to this podcast right after a short message from our sponsor. I'm back with Chris Stanley, founder of IAPath. Chris, when someone is interested in becoming an independent adjuster or independent appraiser, what can IAPath offer them?
2: Nick, at IA we recognize that getting people to take a chance on a new vendor or independent adjuster is challenging. So one thing that we do to help IAs is train them, certify them, and mentor them. We want to give them the skills to actually do the job and in turn give the hiring companies confidence to try out our graduates. We call these interactive online courses and mentorships boot camps. We also offer self paced training videos and IA networking and support through our monthly membership that we call the League of IAs.
0: Learn to write auto, heavy truck, and other claim types with IA Path's online trainings. Unlock your adjusting superpowers. Go to IApath.com. It, it seems as though there's opportunity for a 24 7 service in one form or another.
2: In one form or another, yes. And we're in the process of implementing some additional virtual assistant resources that will deliver 24-hour support and availability. Uh, we don't have that up at the moment, with the exception of those accounts that may go to certain carrier service centers, right? There is the option in certain instances where, where certain types of business with certain carriers can go into what we call carrier service center, Well, they'll, they'll provide some of the account management support, and they provide 24-hour Access, So it can be a good option when you want that 24 access and you want to have some service, but you still want to be the lead kind of liaison between the customer and the carrier. But you can get support from the carrier for a very reasonable commission.
0: Yeah. So I just came back from Des Moines at the Global Insurance Symposium. Yes, Zombie Burger. And... uh, Midwest... and you know, I was in tech a, a lot of folks uh, do not have a positive vibe about the future of the agency system. There were a lot of folks there trying to kill the agency system. You're actually making a bet on the agency system. Uh, what do you see that these uh, let's call let's just call them startups, uh, these rogue startups? What what do you see that they don't see?
2: Well, I've been in the industry for a very long time and I see what customers need, what customers want and also how complex the insurance industry is. Not just regulatory but from a carrier perspective, from a product perspective, it is it's fairly easy for someone coming in from the outside to look at our industry and see how kind of archaic a lot of it is and how, how, how much opportunity there is to make things more efficient and automate more things, et cetera. But what they don't see is the intricacies when you really start peeling that onion to really see how complicated things are. So we're very involved in the insure tech movement. We've invested in a variety of insure techs and we've seen a big shift over the last three years or so that's con- gone from disruption where these insure tech firms and, and all this money is trying to disrupt the insurance agency model to much more of a partnership and, and what I would say, what we would call an, an enablement, right? Because these insure techs are finding it incredibly hard to distribute. They're building great product, but it's very hard to distribute. And the agency force, the agency world has that distribution already. So they're partnering more with agencies. Now, I wouldn't go so far as to say that they will not disrupt. I think there will be some disruption and that will continue to evolve and it will it will there's there certainly will be disruption in areas like low-end personal auto, right? That's already been disrupted, you know, a huge percentage of small-end personal auto is purchased online. Now we all know that it's gone direct. It's done online. It's very effective. And that those types of products will continue to, I think will continue to adapt to an online model. But when you get, when you start to get into the, a little bit, a little bit more complex businesses, a little bit more net worth in the personal lines area, where someone has a little bit more net worth to protect, many we feel a huge portion of the market will still want the value that an agency brings that an agent brings uh, that a broker brings brokers bring trust they bring value they bring service they bring ad- advice and they bring more of a concierge experience where the online you know when you go online to shop for auto insurance you get a million options and you don't necessarily really know what you're buying so I think there will everyone will continue to go online to shop and to find out what they need which really shifts what the agencies need to do what small agencies and what independent agents need to be bringing to the customers they used to just bring like advice on what coverage is right you need to get auto insurance auto insurance is this and and here's how you get it well they can do all that online now now agencies need to bring more value more insight, more advice, more service, more availability, and those types of things. So, yes, we're making a bet. We feel strongly that the independent agents will continue to be very relevant. They will bring, in often cases, a different service and support to their customers. But we think they will—they will, will, will remain—they'll definitely remain relevant.
0: Yeah, that—that that was the message from Ryan Hanley, uh, CMO of Trusted Choice, at at this event. Not just blatantly saying, you know, agents are the future. It's just that we all need to partner together. The pie is gigantic and not any one of us by ourselves can do it by ourselves. It, it really all comes down to uh, working together to find, you know, with the ultimately with the customer's best interests uh, in line. And, and you know, you started to go into um, the way agency is going to need to evolve to try to manage this change. Could you give some advice for that agent or that broker that you were talking about that, you know, they've been, they've been acquired. They want to try to go out on their own for someone that's looking to start an agency. Could you list some of the key things that they should be thinking about? You know, besides just uh, signing an agreement with Ollie, what, what should they be thinking about if they're trying to actually create a meaningful business
2: i think that one of the biggest things that they they should focus on is the customer experience i think it, that's a big a big thing or big dynamic that agencies often forget about they focus on getting access getting product getting you know their infrastructure set up which is all important it's all kind of table stakes but what is most important is the customer experience and that's not just you know, you return calls immediately. That is how do customers want to engage with you today, right? They want to text. They want to chat. They want to be able to pick up a phone sometimes and talk to somebody. So adapting to the way that customers want to engage, bringing technology into the equation, because customers do want technology. They do want to be able just to go online and grab their auto ID card at times. But at the same time, others don't. Others don't want technology to do that. They want to be able to call you up and get their auto ID card in 30 seconds, right? So being able to be nimble, but being able to understand what the customers want, how they want to engage and bringing a more modern customer experience to the table will be the differentiation that that they can have against the traditional agent that's out there that's doing things the same old way.
0: Yeah, so I think I would that's a decent segue to transition over to talent. So uh, you uh, Heffernan and Ollie must have the same problem trying to find uh, talented young people to come into the industry. It's something that Tony and I are very keen on. Um, How important is that? How, how, how much time have you focused on that or think about that both at Ollie and at Heffernan?
2: Uh, We, we actually, Focus a tremendous amount of time and energy on that. Um, we have um, a variety of strategies across all of our companies that we've implemented to um, to 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 grow talent, to develop to develop talent, to address that talent issue. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not going to go into all of those strategies, but um, we, you know, we have a probably fifteen percent, ten percent of Heffernan's workforce is in kind of development stage, um, which, and I might be off with that percentage, but it's a big percentage. Uh, a notable percentage of our of our staff are in development stage, um, more than we would certainly do, um, certainly a, a notable enough amount that it, it, it's a big impact on the bottom line, um, but that is something we feel is a big, a hugely important issue. Um, and then there's also a variety of strategies that we've taken to to address it, so uh, you know, one for example is just remote workers. That's something that has become a much more relevant and much more acceptable thing within our organization across all of our organizations. Where before it was the rarity, we would make an exception for someone to work from home one day a week or or permanently. Now it's a big part of our operation, and it's really opened up the talent pool for us because. There's so many really talented people out there that don't want to commute two hours to their office each way, right? Um, so it's really opened up a lot of talent. So thinking about things differently has helped address some of the talent needs, but certainly the the number of people that are available out there, just the pure the pool, is 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 big, and agencies need to be. The big agencies need to be investing. Carriers need to be investing. I think everybody is. Everybody's thinking about this, or or most, I mean, many are thinking about it. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be important.
0: Yeah, it must be especially hard as well for uh, brokers like yourself, or uh, which are you know, including a technological component to your business model. Uh, being out in California, uh, you're you're literally competing against uh, the Google's, Facebook's of the world. And, um, it's, yeah, hard to get and to keep that talent. Um, I'd like to transition over to your personal career, Uh, you, you've, you know, looking at your LinkedIn profile, which anyone listening, I will put in, I'll put in the show notes here. Um, how did you end up in insurance? You got a pretty impressive career. How did you get in to that? Uh, and kind of walk us through how you got to where you are today.
2: Oh, I don't want to bore you too much, but oh, uh, no, this is
0: this is the good stuff.
2: <laughs> uh, so straight out of college, I, I just I, I uh, got a job at Marsh. Um, I got kind of a entry level assistant level entry level job at Marsh in San Francisco, in their casualty risk management department. Um, and I spent a few years there learning the business. Um, found that I liked the business and um, decided I wanted to go. Find a have a little bit more control over my future and and my destination. So I I uh, went and looked at smaller agencies, independent agencies, because I wanted to sell, get into a production role, um, which I did. I found Heffernan about twenty five years ago, um, and uh, Heffernan at the time was very small. We had probably eight or nine producers, and uh, and I came on and sold was was a producer and sold for the next. Uh, 10 20 years I still sell (laughs) I still have a book of business um that I uh am close to so I so I spent the next spent the last 25 years at Heffernan developing a book of business like I said developing our niche practices I developed our um our MGA um I was integrally involved in our entire small business platform developing a, a robust small business solution that we eventually merged into a um a company called Patra—that's a uh, outsourcing company that we have a very strong relationship with, um, and affiliation with, and partnership with—and um, that small business solution helps large agencies with um, with small business that they don't have the resources or don't want to deal with or don't can't do profitably. So that business is still thriving and going very well. And then that brought me over to taking all those things that we have developed over those years and developing Ollie.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I, so, you know, with your long, your extended career, you know, you've touched a lot of things. I'm particularly interested in the MGA section of that because I've started one myself. Um, what advice would you give to a young insurance professional that's starting today? It's it's very, very, very different career than when you started. Um, you know, how would you counsel, let's say, you know, someone that's related to you that wants to get into insurance and you want them to have a successful career what kind of advice would you give them when they were first starting out?
2: Oh boy I mean you know if I, if I were if I were a um, you know as I'm talking to the younger people coming up with us that we're hiring coming straight into the industry and they're starting to learn the business you know the, I, I, I definitely um, would advise to, to take a to take a risk while you're young. Take a risk. There's so much. Our, our industry is evolving so much with technology, with you know the the new ways that I talked about with the customer experience and how customers want to engage, um, with just how our entire industry is evolving. You know, take a risk. Try something different. Our industry offers so much that is different, and um, and what I mean by that is just the traditional account management you know, level job or the traditional producer job, it's a great career and one can do great at it. And if that's going to be your focus, my advice would be specialize and figure out how you can bring differentiated value. That's one piece of advice. But another piece of advice is take a risk and do something different. Look at how you can be involved in changing a certain dynamic of this industry because everyone's open to it everybody's investing in it. Um, Everybody's willing to look at new ways to do things. So um, bringing in fresh ideas is super valuable and there's a lot of people that will listen. So um, there's a lot of opportunity for those that are willing to take a little bit of risk and speak up and, and and see what opportunities are out there for them.
0: Yeah. No surprise that a producer talks about differentiated value. We talk about that all the time. It, you know, it's, it's, it, it's what helps you in production, but it, it's what helps you in your career as well. You, you have to somehow uh, be different and Absolutely. be better in, in what you're doing. So I, I love that advice. We'll definitely share that on the show notes. Uh, John, this is the part of the podcast where we transition a little bit over to the more personal side so people can get to know you a little bit more. Not that they haven't already, but uh, maybe just a little bit more. Uh, when you aren't working, what do you like doing? Oh well, I have three
2: kids, the young kids um, under the age of fourteen, so, uh, actually fifteen now, so fifteen, twelve, and seven. So um, my hands are full uh, running around to kids' sports and spending a lot of time with my family so that's certainly a big big part of what I do. Um, I love to cook, I love to golf, love to ski love to travel so uh, those are probably when I have the opportunity uh, I certainly do all of those things
0: and San Francisco 49er games
2: lots of sporting events Niners (laughs) Giants and
0: Warriors (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I have a feeling you're going to be uh, have a lot of excitement not just in the winter anymore Uh, yeah
2: well hopefully
0: hopefully it's (laughs) going to be spread out quite a bit um, what you're very busy, you you're juggling a lot of different stuff. What tools or techniques have you found valuable to stay organized and or productive?
2: So, I mean, I'm not going to, uh, probably say anything that is too, uh, you know, unusual, but for, for me, certainly establishing goals and really trying to stay up to speed and up to date and focused on those goals. It's so easy to get distracted that having a set of core goals that you're trying to achieve for the the, uh, the short term, whether it be the next three months, six months, or 12 months um, is extremely important for me. And I, you know, I regularly review those goals, review the, the kind of um, objectives I've set out to achieve those goals to make sure I'm on task. Um, so that's a big thing for me. You know, another kind of trick or tool or, or strategy that I've done over the years to, to help me get everything done is I try to start my day every day doing the first thing I do is the thing I want to do least. <laughs> so uh, that's the one way I tend to get those things done. Otherwise, I tend to push them to the side. So I try to che- take on something that I just really don't want to deal with and get it out of the way. Um, you know, and then you know, having good people, really finding good people that I can delegate things to and empower and and trust that they're going to get them done, is certainly a a very important part of leadership and a part of a uh, a good team.
0: Yeah, I have a lazy streak in me, and I like to pawn it off as being a really good delegator. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I I like that. That's that's very true. It, it and you know, it sounds as though. um Correct me if I'm wrong, but your being a producer has actually probably th- that the production part of your business life has probably leaked into your personal life. Um, you know, just because g- it just uh, with the, all the goal setting and also you know doing the thing you want to do least, do that first. Sounds you know your work life has probably helped you in your personal life as well to stay organized.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah no question about it.
0: Um, are there any books that you have found to be influential in your business and or personal lives?
2: Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I tend to read nonfiction books and, and those are my, my favorite. I, you know, there's, there's so much reading these days that, uh, that when I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't read as many books as I used to. Um, but yeah, pr- probably one of the, my favorite books that, is, is kind of impactful and that I've actually read multiple times is a a little book called a short book called go giver. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, I think the guy's name that wrote it, his name is Bob Berg, I believe, but it's just a really interesting book about generosity and how closely tied successes, um, to kind of acting in the best interest of others and helping other people helps you succeed. Um, it's a wonderful book. It's, it's, a um, Uh, it's one of my favorite books when it comes to, uh, I being a good person and helping other people be a good person. So I would encourage everybody to read anybody to read that book, especially younger, younger people that are trying to figure out how to create a career and be successful. You know, you don't have to be a, you know, hardcore, you know, you know, rainmaker jerk, you know, you can actually be a really nice person and you can help a lot of people, then that helps you succeed. So it, it's a great book.
0: This is, that's exactly why I asked that question. I mean, I've never heard of that book and guess what I'm going to do after, after we uh, end this recording, I'm going to go look for that book. So this, that's, that's exactly why I do it. I, I love that. Um, John, this has been fantastic. I've learned a lot. I hope we've been able to communicate uh, what ollie does if someone is looking to reach out and try to find you, how would they do that?
2: Uh, obviously, you could hit our website. It's uh, OliIns, so OliIns dot com. Um, you can also reach me at my email, um, John P. Junior at OliIns dot com. So J O H N P J R at OliIns dot com.
0: It's fantastic, Tony. Any parting thoughts or questions?
1: That that is that was really interesting. Thank you so much. Uh, I think that, that our audience is a natural match for for what you do. Uh, we hear from a, from a lot of, of small agencies uh, and and also young people who want to to you know the whole entrepreneurial thing. They want to start their own agency. Uh, so so I, I think that this is going to be a a uh, a hit of an episode. So yeah. uh, thank you so much for coming. And it, it was great.
0: I, I agree. I, I can't even tell you how many times in the past few months I've heard from young people who have said, uh, I'm so interested in this field. I, 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 I love the message at insurance nerds. I, I want to really get into it. How do, how do I get into the agency system and be, and, and be a producer and be an account manager and do all of those things. And, you know, it, we, we, we give a lot of advice and a lot of the folks on the insurance nerd Slack channel give a lot of advice, but it's almost assuming that they can pass their exams and then get a carrier relationship. And then like you have to put a giant investment up and that's really not realistic for someone that just doesn't have the resources. It just seems like Ollie can potentially alleviate a lot of that and they can focus on, let me, let me start putting the pieces of the puzzle together to build build this uh dynasty that they want so i learned a lot john thank you so much
1: it's my pleasure Appreciate I, I love the uh, i love the a la carte flexibility because uh, one of the hardest things is, is getting the the uh, the contracts right uh when you when you're just starting and yeah you can get the contracts through you know some market access providers but but then it's it's an all or none right you sign up to to, to their deal and, and and that's it you're 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 uh, it's not very flexible. You're the first one that I see that 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 uh, that truly is kind of flexible. Uh, so that, I love it.
2: Good. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of our goal is to be. We you know we don't want those strings attached, and all the other all of our peers, which we really don't have very many peers, we don't feel. But those market access providers out there, as I mentioned earlier, have a lot of strings attached, and our whole model is kind of built on the kind of model or the 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 the, the vision of we don't we don't want to have to have strings to keep people with us we don't want to have handcuffs to keep our customers with us we want them to feel like they can't live without us why would they want to leave us we give them everything they need right so that's kind of our whole mantra (laughs) you're muted nick uh
0: I'm t- talking and no one can hear. It. I should just I should just keep this into the podcast. If you're listening to it, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to start keeping the bloopers in instead of instead of clipping them out. So, okay, here we go. First one. John, I love the message. I, and I think uh, I think our audience will love it as well. Again, thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate thank it. You.
0: Thank you to Tony. My guest this week has been John Junior of Ollie Insurance Services. Have a great weekend, everyone.